Thank you for visiting the Sanctuary Fellowship. We pray the following message will be encouraging to you. For more information about us, visit us on the web at www.sanctuaryfellowship.org. Listen in as we start taking away the layers of religion and discover the joys of a relationship with the Creator. In the distance, I see His sacrifice on the cross. And He gave everything for, to me. It says in Song of Solomon that for God, that love was stronger than death. That's how much He loved you. He, he gave in to death so that He could have you. That, that's the price that He was willing to pay. See, God's not calling you to do anything He's not willing to do Himself. Jesus gave his own, his very life. And this story that we just read in Genesis 22, it said that the father was willing to kill the son, but the son carried the wood for the burnt offering, which is a picture of Jesus carrying his own cross to the death. You have, you have a, a savior. You have the son of God, the one that loves you. And he was willing to go. He was willing to die for you. He carried his own cross. He was willing to give everything. And you all read those bumper stickers that says that when he was on the cross, I was on his mind, and that's true. Nothing could keep him back from that place of death, from that place of destruction. Nothing could hold him back. People try to convince him, you don't need to do that. You don't need to die, his disciples. And what did he tell Peter when he told him that? He said, get thee behind me, Satan. Because he knew that people just don't understand when God's people get really serious. If you really want the stuff that God has for you, I'm talking now to maybe some more mature people that are sitting here right now. But there's something in this for everyone. If you really want God, if you really want His presence, if you really want the things that He has for you, if you really want the ministry He has for you, the godly husband or wife that He has for you, it's going to cost you. There's a price. There's a pain to it. There's things that you've got to give up. I'm going to ask Margot to come up right now to give a testimony. Well, my dad's talking about sacrifice, and I'm thinking about, yeah, I had to lay things down. I had to say no to my will and say yes to God. But now that I look back, I thank God for that, because I've only had more joy in my life, more peace. I've, I've been so satisfied in the presence of God. I think back at every time when I had to tear myself away from certain friends in high school. I had to say no to certain things, and it hurt at the moment. But now I thank God for that, because I'm not depressed. I'm not all bound up, because I've spent time in the presence of the Almighty God, the King of kings and the Lord of lords. I get to be with Him. Why would I want to be stuck in that place, in that deep, dark hole of depression? I bring up depression because when I was 14 years old, I was a freshman in high school, and I was tired of people calling me Jesus freak. I was tired of people making fun of me all the time. I didn't want to be rejected. I don't want to be an outcast anymore. And I, I wanted to sit in the back of the church and just laugh. I don't, Pastor George even probably remembers that. He was my youth pastor back then. 
And I was just sitting back at the church and I didn't even want to lift my hands anymore. And I was hanging out with the wrong people. I was watching movies Jesus would never watch. I was just, just sinking into a deep, dark depression. I was going to therapy and everything. Nothing can help. I was just, I would cry and cry in my room. I didn't even know why. I was listening to things like, um, corn and limp biscuit and things like that and totally messing with my mind. And I started getting so depressed. And I, my best friend was suicidal at the time, my, my cousin. And I thank God for one prophetic word. One person gave me a word from God and it changed my life. And I said, God, I'm depressed. I'm messed up right now and I need you so bad. I realize what this world has to offer can never even come close to what Jesus has for us. I look back and it was not even a sacrifice. It's, it's a joy. It's a pleasure. Yes, it hurts, but it's so awesome what God has done. Every visitation every power encounter every time I feel his peace in the midst of the storm every time I feel joy when I should be depressed when I should feel hopeless inside he encourages me and brings me hope how can I compare the presence of Jesus how can I compare the glory of the almighty God to anything this world has to offer I thank God that he has kept me from, from getting drunk, from getting high on drugs. I've never done any of that before. God has kept me from those things. And people used to say, you're missing out. Do you know what you're missing out on? We have so much fun. Your life is boring. How can my life be boring if I get to experience the love? There's a love like no person can ever offer us. How could it be boring to see miracles, people getting saved on the streets? How could it be boring? to see people instantly set free from depression, drug addictions, alcoholism. How could that be boring? You see, we don't we just live these 70 years here on earth, but we have to be eternity conscious. We're going to spend forever and ever and ever and ever in a place called either heaven or hell. And I pray that every person here knows that you're going to spend forever in heaven. But if you don't, today is your day. This is your day of breakthrough. There is no time to waste. Jesus is coming back. Tomorrow is not promised. The next five minutes is not promised to us. So be eternity conscious and know that there's a God that craves you and you're always on his mind. See, in, in verse 8 of Genesis 22, Isaac the son said, You have the knife, you have the wood, you have everything for the burnt offering, but where's the lamb we're going to sacrifice? And Abraham looked at him and he said, The Lord will provide the lamb. And 3,000 years later on that very same spot, because Mount Moriah is also called Mount Calvary, the Jesus Christ, the Son of God, was sacrificed in that very place. God stopped Abraham. He was just testing him to see how sold out he was. But God provided the lamb for you. And as Margot said, it's worth whatever it takes. Whatever you got to give up, whatever you got to go through, I don't care who's making fun of you, who's laughing at you. Don't let, don't let any, don't stop. 
what God has for you because of people. When God asks you to give something up, to sacrifice it, it's not for His sake. He's doing it for your sake because He doesn't want to see you get wounded. He knows that that ungodly relationship's going to destroy you. I remember years ago they used to call it missionary dating, where, where somebody who's a Christian would go out and date ungodly people in order to save them. But you know what happens almost every time? It's the Christian who gets turned to the world. And, and that other person always says, yeah, I'll go to church with you. I'll be a Christian. And then after about two, three weeks, they say, but do you have to go to church every Sunday? And they start to wear away at your faith. And I just hit in on this because I really hear God saying that some of you sitting here right now and, and you have an ungodly relationship, you need to put on the altar today. I, I don't feel like sugarcoating today. I could sit and talk nice, not to offend anyone. But there are, there are people here, your destiny's at stake. You don't, you, maybe some of you can be saved a lot of the torment and the trial and the struggle that so many of us had to go through because of wrong decisions we made. And, and, when, and when godly people tell you something, you just feel like, they, they don't know what they're talking about, or they're trying to deprive you. They just want to steal your joy. They want to mess with your mind. But God has a plan for you. And whatever, whatever your Isaac is that God wants you to lay down, we're going to give you a chance later to lay it down at the altar. And I'm just going to look at one more scripture about worship, which is Daniel chapter 3. Starting in verse 1. And this is talking about back in the days of Babylon. King Nebuchadnezzar made an image of gold 90 feet high and 9 feet wide and set it up on the plain of Dora in the province of Babylon. He then summoned the satraps, prefects, governors, advisors, treasurers, judges, magistrates, and all the other provincial officials to come to the dedication of the image he had set up. Then I'm going to go down because I don't want to have to repeat all those words again. Verse 4, then the herald loudly proclaimed, This is what you are commanded to do, O people, nations and men of every language. As soon as you hear the sound of the horn, flute, zither, lyre, harp, pipes, and all kinds of music, you must fall down and worship the image of gold that King Nebuchadnezzar has set up. Whoever does not fall down and worship will immediately be thrown into a blazing furnace. Now I'm going to go down to verse 16. This is about Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, who were teenagers. And they refused to bend down and bow down to an ungodly idol. What they were told was, whenever you hear music, wherever you are, remember Pastor Sal talking about the power of music. 
They said, whenever you hear the music, you come and you bow down to the idol. Otherwise, you're going to get thrown into the furnace. Let's see what, what in, um, again, verse 16, what their response was. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego replied to the king, O Nebuchadnezzar, we do not need to defend ourselves before you in this matter. If we are thrown into the blazing furnace, the God we serve is able to save us from it, and he will rescue us from your hand, O king. But even if he does not, we want you to know, O king, that we will not serve your gods or worship the image of gold you have set up. You see, there's a world out there that wants you to bow down to their gods. The world wants you to bow down to the idols of this world, the cultures of this world, all kinds of ungodly things, and it surrounds itself with music. That's, see, God created music for worship because he knew how powerful it is. Music is a powerful force. And you see what the devil wants to do in your life? He wants to pervert the music so that when you hear music, something rises up in you that you want to bow down to the images and things of this world. And you might be saying today, but there's no idols. I don't have any statues that I bow down to. I don't set up idols in my house. So this doesn't apply to me. But there are modern-day idols. And I just, um, in closing, I want to go through some of them. This morning, Jesse read from Psalm 86. And in Psalm 86, 11, it, it had David asking God, Give me an undivided heart so that I can fear your name. That's what worship is. Do you want to know the essence of worship? It's about having an undivided heart because there's got to be a place in your heart that God created and it's only for Him. That place of worship. No man or woman belongs there. No boyfriend belongs there. There's nothing of entertainment that belongs in that special place in your heart that God created because He loves you so much because he created you to be an unashamed worshiper. And there's a place of devotion in your heart that he created for him. And whenever you allow other things to get in, it, whatever those things are that I'm going to talk about, then your heart is divided and you could sing and dance all day. And that's not worship. So I want to talk about a few of the idols, and then we're going to pray. Number one, I, I believe the number one idol in this, in this nation, you know what it is? It's ourselves. If you don't believe me, just walk into the gym and watch everyone standing in front of the mirror, flexing their muscles, and they'll spend an hour. I remember years ago, I, went to, I started going to the gym, and, and I started seeing people doing that. And I said, man, that's terrible. I would never do that. And a week later, I'm all standing there looking at myself. Why? Because the spirit of this age, that thing of idolatry, got a hold of my heart. I started to get caught up in that. After a week. That's how powerful idolatry is. 
You know how, how many young people have eating disorders because in their mind they set up an idol of, that, of perfection, of outward beauty. They've set up an idol that I have to look like all those models. Then not one of those models even looked that way. You know all those movie stars and models? None of them look like what you see in the pictures. They spend hours in makeup and, and airbrushing and fixing it. And, and yet, so many young people have set up that model that it's all about me and, and all about how I look. And you're so consumed with that. Instead of being consumed with the love of God because He accepts you the way you are. God loves the way that you look. He created you to look just like you look. And you're beautiful to Him. But we've replaced that place in our heart with, with these ungodly images. And, and young people dying by the hundreds trying to maintain that idol, trying to look like these people and, and not eating and going through all these things. Or, or sometimes it could even be in a marriage. Maybe you're, you're, you're in a marriage, but you worship the idol of self. It's all about your needs. Well, I gotta have fun. I gotta do what I want. That's the idol of self. There, there's a singer named Jason Upton that some of you might, uh, might know. And, and he wrote a song called Dying Star. And, and in that song, he said that the Lord spoke to him because Jason Upton had this great big ministry and people love him and they come by the thousands. They tell him how great he is. And one day he says, God, God came to me and he said that you're nothing but a dying star. That when people look at you, they can't see me because you're, you've puffed yourself up so big that your worship is not about me, but it's all about you. It's all about promoting your ministry. It's all about seeing how many records you could sell. See, that's the idol of self. It's not about us. The Bible talks about dying to ourselves, but it's all about God. It's all about surrendering everything to Him because He has a greater plan for your life than you can ever figure out. What God has for you is way greater than the stuff you got going around in your mind. You think you got it worked out? That nobody knows what they're talking about? Those stupid old people, they don't know anything. They're from back in the day. You might listen to them and save your life. The second idol that I see in this nation is relationships, where people can take the place of God in your life. And it might not even be an ungodly relationship. It could be a, a boyfriend or a girlfriend or relationship that you're so filled up with them that you don't pray anymore. You don't worship like you used to. You don't do the things that you used to do because they've taken the place of God in your life. They're the first thing you think about when you wake up. And your mind is so consumed with that person. We need to smash those idols. I'm not saying break up healthy relationships. I'm talking about put God back in his rightful place in your heart. I'm not telling you to be in church every day. I'm telling you to take 
take whatever is first in your heart, push it down, and put God back on the throne. Why? Because like I said before, he deserves it. He's worth it. He gave up everything for you. It cost him everything that he had. How many of you would give your only begotten son and, 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 and watch him die so that, so that many other people can be saved? Not one. Not one of you. Every one of you here who has children, you'd rather see a million other people die than your child. But God the Father, he just sat and he watched. And it tore his heart out because God has the same emotions that we have. Sometimes we see him like on Star Wars, the force, that there's a force that's with you. But God is a person and he's got emotions. And it tore out the Father's heart to watch his son die on the cross. He's, he's worth the cost to be number one. He paid the price. He did it for you. Put him back in his rightful place. Sometimes fitting in can be, a, can be an idol. You've got to just have the approval of everyone. You've got to please everyone. So I can't, I can't really be a Christian. I can't let no one see me dancing. They're not going to think I'm cool. I can't let people see me worshiping. I don't want people to know I go to church. I'm going to lose my friends. That's an idol in your life. Your friends ain't going to be there when you get sick. Try calling out to your friends when you got nothing. Some of you who've been around for a while know what I'm talking about. All your friends will say, I'll never leave you. I'll always be with you. Wait till you're stuck into something and you, and you really need them and see where they are. But there's a God up in heaven that will help you. Some of you need to place your past hurts on the altar. Some of you have been deeply wounded and you're so totally consumed with that hurt. You're so totally filled with that wound that you carry it around everywhere that you go. And that's taken the place of God in your life. That even sitting here in church, all you could think about is that person that wounded you and hurt you. Or that boyfriend or girlfriend that doesn't want you anymore. And you're so filled with that when God is trying to break in. For, for some of you, it's things. Some people, it could be money or cars. Some people, it could be video games. For some people, it's MySpace. Now, I'm not saying any of those things are bad. So don't sit and point fingers. Oh, they don't want me to have cars and my space and all this. What I'm saying is, what place does it take in your life? Is God number one in your life? God might call you to lay some of these things down on the altar. Even church can be an idol. Years ago, I spent so much time in church thinking I'm pleasing God, and I totally forgot about Him. I had no time to pray. No time for healthy relationships because I was so consumed with church. I had to be there every day, day and night, hanging out, thinking that's what it takes. That became a church, became an idol in my life. It took the place of God. Even the Bible can be an idol. There's some people, they know everything in the Bible. They'll argue with you up and down, day and night. 
but they don't have God in their heart. They carry a, they're not a reflection of the character of God. We, we need to begin to smash those idols, and, and that's, that, that's what we're going to do right now. I'm going to ask, the, um, the, before, um, we, before we play the song, I'm going to ask for the um, ushers, and Mark's going to help out. We're going to give everyone a piece of paper. And if you need a pen, there are some pens also. And this is what I want you to do, just between you and God. Nobody is going to read what you say. As a matter of fact, we're going to totally destroy everything that you write. No one's going to read it. No one's going to call you out. No one's going to see it. But just between you and God right now, I I want you between you and Him to ask Him, what Isaac is in my life that I need to sacrifice? Maybe there are things He doesn't want you to totally get rid of but he wants you to put it in its proper place. I'm just going to ask you to write, even if you just write one thing, God is worth it. It's going to all be worth it. You heard Margot's testimony. She's glad about all those boys she never slept with. All, you know how many of her friends now have, uh, have going through so much misery and trouble because of the drugs that they took and the boyfriends they had. And Margot was spared out of it. But it's not too late for you. The good thing about God is there's always a new beginning. It doesn't matter what you've done in the past. There's a new start in your life today. So I'm just going to ask you to write that one thing. It might be the name of a boyfriend or girlfriend or an ex-relationship, whatever it is. If you're really getting serious with God today, you're going to write something down because God told me he was going to speak to every one of you. Father, we thank you, Lord God, because you are worth the sacrifice, Lord God. You are worth, Lord God, whatever we've got to do, Lord God. We offer, we give it all to you, Lord God. We give it all to you. Come on, lay it down right now. Lay it down right now. Lay that thing down. Just write it down. We're calling you to smash idols today. We're calling you to, to, to be like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and say, I'm not going to bow down to any idols. If I die, I die. If I perish, I perish. If I lose everything, I lose everything. But God is worth it. I, come on, tell him. Just write it down.
I'm just going to wait a few more seconds because it's the first thing that God has given you. And you, all, every one of you know what it is. Every one of you need to know what you need to die to, whether it's selfishness or wasted time. Anybody else need a pen? I, I'm going to wait a few more seconds because this could be, this could give you a new life. This is radical worship, what we're doing right now. By writing down on the paper, that's the highest praise that you can give God, that you're willing to sacrifice to Him. There's no higher form of praise than to say, God, I give you what you ask for. God, I, I place it on the altar. I sacrifice it to you. So everyone got a pen that wants one then. So I'm going to wait just a few more seconds. Okay, I'm, I'm going to ask everyone to stand right now. And what I want you to do is take those papers and rip it up as a sign to God that that thing is gone. And, and Sal's going to lead us in a song called Smashing Idols. We have the tape, and we're going to put the words up. And here, I just want you to take that step. I want everyone come up here and just take that paper and throw it on the altar. Let's give the cleaning people some extra work today. And God is going to burn up your sacrifice right now. Thank you for supporting the Sanctuary Fellowship. We are a new and growing church with a passion and a heart towards enjoying God, serving people, and building healthy families. We pray that you will continue to fellowship and grow with us as we follow hard after God. Don't forget to visit us on the web at www.sanctuaryfellowship.org. God bless.